0: We've got this. Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey. Welcome back to another episode of the Cervical Wellness Podcast. This is Danelle Barbara Randall, and today I am ridiculously excited to share with you this interview that I have with Jasmine Rose who Jasmine Rose or Jasmine Webb is one of the guest teachers in Cervical Wellness Online Live friends and oh my gosh, this woman, this interview is going to blow your mind. Uh, Jasmine is a womb guardian. She does ceremonial womb tending and uh, works and has worked in the realm of full spectrum birth. She was a doula for many, many years, a birth keeper. And she really walks women home to the womb, to our blood, and to the mystery of being a woman, of having these cyclical female bodies. And I've been connected with Jasmine for, gosh, five years online. We've never met in person, but (laughs) we are online, you know, Instagram friends, I know how you know how that goes. Uh, but this interview, I think is actually one of the deepest conversations or interviews that I just conversations and like, episodes that I've ever put out. And when I mean deep, I just mean the, the potency of what is shared and spoken about when it comes to being within a female body and tending and caring for a female body in this conversation we talk about jasmine's perspective of the womb and the mystery there we go into why women are so disconnected from the womb from the womb space like what led us away from these mysteries where to begin connection Uh, and we start to talk about um, hands-on work and we go into what uh, her her work is centered on which is called the rooted method this is what she teaches in her membership this is what she guides with her clients and actually this is what she is going to be exploring with us as a guest teacher in Cervical Wellness Online Live. So it is hands-on body, self-body work, touch of our female body, of the vulva, and even intravaginally. And in this conversation, we talk about how it differs from doing crystal wand work or any other sort of like de-armoring work. Jasmine's approach is just so soft and feminine and welcoming and like throughout the whole conversation I just kept on getting these chills and you actually hear in the conversation like how often I just have to pause after she shares just to fully drink in <laughs> what was just said. Um, you know we also talk about um, what happens when we women begin to touch our bodies in this way. And, you know, it's like how how for women who have never, ever, ever done any sort of this like deep womb connection work, you know, deep pelvis work of connecting to ourselves in this way, like how we talk about how to approach this opening. Like if this is, if you're brand new to even thinking about this, we explore, like, how to even go there. And, you know, there's also other things we talk about where we get a little um, fiery and talk about the importance of, like, you know, the red thread and um, what has been lost in these the, the disappearance of these blood mysteries and womb mysteries um, within our culture and society. And Jasmine is just so poetic and elegant in the way that she shares about this. Like, (laughs) I'm even swooning thinking about you listening to this (laughs) because I was swooning when I was in the call with her. Jasmine was one of our guest teachers in the last round of Cervical Wellness Online Live and her workshop around the rooted method and this hands-on work was one of the more poignant and um, memorable parts for many of the women in in the last cohort. So I'm really excited for her to be a guest teacher again for us. And Cervical Wellness Online Live, friends, begins a week from tomorrow, which today is Monday, August 28th, and we begin on Tuesday, September 5th enrollment closes this Friday September 1st. So if you're listening to this afterwards, um like sorry, probably <laughs> enrollment is is past, but you'll still get so much through listening to this conversation with Jasmine and for those of you who are interested in this online live, this is it friends. This is like the last time to be able to work with me to uh, be in a live container with cervical wellness for the foreseeable future because come the end of october which is at the end of this program i am going to slowly start pulling away uh, in preparation for birth and motherhood I don't know what next year is gonna look like. I've had many women reach out be like, when is the next time you're gonna run this program? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I am set to give birth either at the end of December or early January. And I am a first time, I will be a first time new mother. So I have literally no idea what next year is gonna look like. And I typically run this program once a year uh, in the fall. But who knows what next fall is going to bring. So if you are feeling the tug, the pull, I know many (laughs) online entrepreneurs and marketers say this, like now is the time. But really like now is the time because I don't know if I will ever run it again in the same way. I mean, there will always be the Evergreen program. But you won't have the office hours, the guest teachers, the cohort experience, the community experience, access to me to have your questions answered, to have, you know, coaching and guidance from me of, you know, having had seven years experience of guiding women in this journey and have witnessed hundreds of women heal their cervixes themselves, whether that's from abnormal pap smears or just heal their relationship to their cervix and have taken this program as a preventative measure or even just to bolster their own wheelhouse around cervical and pelvic well-being. So now is the time, friends. (laughs) Uh, Enrollment closes at the end of September 1st and we begin the following Tuesday September 5th. Friends this conversation with Jasmine is I know it's going to be so nourishing for you and I am just wiggling in my pants or in my <laughs> dress actually knowing that you're about to listen to this woman it's so incredible and if you are really resonating with her she's going to be in Cervical Wellness Online Live. So, all right, without further ado, here's my interview with Jasmine Rose. Hi, Jasmine. Welcome to the Cervical Wellness Podcast.
1: Hi, Janelle. I am so honored, excited, elated to be here with you always. This is
0: amazing. Mm, yes, I'm like, tickled to have you on here. We've been connected for so many years via the interwebs and Just to have your energy in this podcast feels really nourishing, actually, for me. So thank you so much for agreeing to be here. I would love to begin just by inviting you to introduce yourself to the Cervical Wellness podcast community, to share your story or any parts of your story that you feel called to and how you got into the work that you do.
1: Beautiful. I always love this question because I feel like I take a moment with myself and like, who am I? <laughs> how do I want to introduce? You know, there's been such an accumulation of ways that I have walked in my personal life, um, women that I've walked beside, and and elders that I've walked with, and trainings, and you know, you really start to widen the lens of how did we get here and what does it really mean to do this work from a place of deep service and to do this work from a place of leaving a legacy behind us that is felt and rippled through the ancestral line all the way back and certainly in you know the great 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 granddaughters all the way forward and so my name is Jasmine Rose and how i like to describe myself is a womb guardian I feel like that really encapsulates the way in which my heart is so interwoven into um, women, into humans, into the earth. And my story is a really important aspect of why Womb Guardian feels like a true way to describe the work and the service that I'm in, because it's so important for me to remind every single person listening that I am a woman just like you. I don't find myself to be particularly special or that I have some gift that I've been able to unlock that isn't available to every other human on this planet. I have walked uh, a you know, pretty colorful story, let's say, um, through my experience of being a woman, through the lost rites of passage and the ways that I didn't have the mothers and the grandmothers and the aunties and the sisters to really guide me back to my body, or even just to walk with a way that felt incredibly connected through my maidenhood and my younger years. And so my story feels so familiar in the stories that I've had the privilege to hold with so many other women, stories of disconnect, stories of feeling a lack of wholeness, stories of feeling like a numbing out of feelings through drugs and alcohol and sex um, was the only way for me to really feel alive. And if there's one way that I could describe the way that my womb has been so instrumental in not only my service to the world, but in walking as a human is it's been sobering. The humility and humanity of returning to the creator within my body, um, it's been sobering. And in many ways has been the reason why I've been able to gets over from drugs from alcohol from chasing the catharsis and the highs and come back to the subtle medicine of my humanity, that my service in the world started from the most human moments. From experiences of wishing to turn the light switch on from years and years and years of turning it off within my womb and my womanhood of, oh, all of a sudden I want to have a baby. All of a sudden I want to get pregnant. After years of that being the worst possible thing that could happen to me as a teenage girl and as a young woman, I wanted to all of a sudden have this you know, miracle happen within my body and feeling the ways in which that just was not the path. So as my husband and I began to welcome in this conscious conception idea or thought or feeling into my body, my body began to bleed thick black tar-like blood and I bled for an entire year. So this was coming up to six and a half years ago now And it was those moments of such stark humanity where I was being asked to become a guardian of my body, to no longer submit and and put all of my my free will and my choice and my literacy of my body into the hands of practitioners that couldn't fully hold and honor the multidimensional experience of being a woman. And I began to walk myself home. And I say that not to sound incredibly poetic. It's actually a really big journey to walk ourselves home when we've been so severed and fragmented from a sense of wholeness. So what I mean by that is I began to touch down on and learn the literacy of my body. I began to learn what the yeses and nos felt like in a really, really deep way I began to experience what sensuality and sexuality could look and feel like from a context of not extracting from or creating transactional relationships with my womb. And through this walking home, I began to recognize how alone I truly felt. And I would sit so often within the space of my heart and say, if I come to the other side of this, a more whole and feeling and connected woman, I promise and I vow, I will never turn away. I will always be the one that women can turn towards when they are on this path of foraging what our mothers and our grandmothers through many slash most of us didn't have the capacity to feel. And I began experiencing what it would really be like to be a woman to not be a child in a woman's body, but to actually experience my womanhood in reverence. And yes, I took many trainings and acquired many diplomas. And I think it's important for us to understand that levels of literacy and um, connection to our physiology is really paramount when we are guiding and facilitating this work. And I'm very proud of that path and the certifications and the mentorships that I've received. And there was this entirely other mysterious path that was so tremendous in me understanding on not like an intellectual cognitive level, but a very like consciousness that lives in my pelvis level of what we were embarking on as a generation within our womanhood. And the woman came, you know, that, that sentiment of, if you call them, they will come. Or if you create the temple or light the candle, they will come. And I began to share the love that I was touching down on, not only the pain, not only the grief and the trauma, the pain body of our womanhood is real but I began to express what was coming alive in me as I began to feel what a woman in a woman's body, my true breadth and expansion of womanhood could feel like, the space and the capacity that I could take up. And that became my service. And it's a service that I walk with great responsibility. I take this very seriously. There's a level of seriousness that I hold and also a deep playfulness and reverence and joy and dance, but it's a great responsibility to be a guardian of something that's been so well kept within the flesh and the bones of our bodies for so long, and that this isn't just woman's work. This is human work because there's not one human on this planet that has not been held within the womb of a woman woven into creation hearing and listening to the song of our mother's beating hearts as we came into this world anointed with that blood that this is us returning to the true thread of humanity that lives within the bodies of a woman's pelvis and That's a great responsibility to be a guardian of. So if I could describe to you what I do and who I am on this path, I am a woman walking with a tremendous amount of fire and roar and love in the heart of my womb, deep down in my cervix. And I wish for it to touch every single aspect of our earth and our humanity. Because when that happens, there's no going back. And that is a
0: legacy worth leaving behind. Mm. Ah. Nobody can see me right now, but I'm just kind of swooning (laughs) with um, that introduction, Jasmine. So powerful. I imagine that those words will touch the wombs of many women. especially Mm. the one, those of us who are in this work, it's, it's about that legacy and it's about what we are carving, um, in regards to a future for our future daughters and, um, nieces and the women to come. Oh, well, you know, to continue on with the beautiful testament that you hold and reverence towards the womb, I would love for you to, continue to expand on your perspective of the womb Mm -hmm. and the mystery there like why why is the womb such an important place for us women uh not just in a you know physiological sense of oh this is where we can gestate and create life and it's where you know we can menstruate from you know these very practical things but from your perspective, from, from this walk that you've been on, I would love for you to speak more about the mystery and the power of the womb. Mm. Mm.
1: Yes, right? This is why we're here. Let's broaden the lens from our physiology. And you know, the mystery, it's an interesting place to describe. And I always do my best. I feel like one of the gifts I was given from my great-grandmother, Gertrude Beadle, was, was poetic language that allows us to feel something. And so I lean into that a lot. <laughs> I'm sure we can feel it. And the womb, you know, independent from procreation, independent from our physiology, is really a space that holds our direct connection to our lineage, a direct connection to the grandmothers of our lineage in particular, and a space for me where I really touch down on the truth of us being a living embodied prayer of our ancestors. And this for me is really the entryway into understanding the mysterious concept, if you will, of what really dwells and lives within here. We've maybe touched on in some capacity, or maybe not, this concept of the red thread. So this red thread that is described as the menstrual line of our mother line that is woven into the fabric of our wombs. And the, the true conduit of us to connect into the womb as a place of consciousness, again, if we could think of the consciousness of our cognitive minds living within the skull you know, of our heads, we have this womb consciousness, this feminine consciousness, that's very much living within the bones of our pelvis. And so we have this space that also has memory, that also has the ability to record keep and hold information, but in a very different, more somatic context. And it is mysterious in nature. And our blood is really, for me in the way that I interpret it, you know, one of the foundational ways that we are able to connect into the mysterious landscape of our wombs. Now, I want to be really clear that this does not mean that if you are not currently bleeding, right, we have many different stages and phases in life where our blood isn't, you know, running freely from our bodies, we're not cycling, maybe we're pregnant, maybe we're in menopause, maybe we have something else happening within our physiology, this doesn't mean that you are not in direct contact with this, This means that the red thread that's woven through you, as I described in the introduction, is recognizing that we were fed and anointed by the blood of our mothers, and our mothers were fed and anointed by the blood of our grandmothers, and it continues on and continues on and continues on. And so we are woven from the fabric of ancient lineage that did remember the reverent ways of the womb. And womb mysteries and the ways in which we are being asked to return to the womb um, aren't so mysterious, right? it's an interesting thing to be able to sit in the heart of because I actually believe that us connecting to our physiology and the true matter of our bodies is how we start to become a conduit and and to really sense into and feel what that space of the unknown and that multidimensional spirited landscape of the womb really provides us. In many ways, I believe And this is my belief, it doesn't need to be yours, but just tuning into how this feels in your body, that our womb is spirit, creator, God, goddess, personified, right? This is a space that, you know, separate to only conception, separate to our fertility being the procreation of humanity, that this is a space that has always been revered as a space of creation, As a space of oracular nature, meaning that we had the ability to sit by the beds of bleeding women and hear the visions and the dreams and to know where the herds were and the weather patterns that were coming. There are these beautiful prophecies cross culturally, right? Every culture touches down on an ancient remembrance of the womb really being the centralized place of the village. It was the space that again, wasn't only for the gestation of life, but it was life. That the fertility of a village, the fertility of the woman within a village really shared with us the fertility of that village outside of the womb. The mental health, the heart health, the health of the land, where we were within the alignment of that. It was a space of barometer of the vitality of how our humanity was experiencing life. And so the womb mysteries are meant to be just that. It's our individuation of how we experience spirit and our lineage moving through the physiology of our body and how we can connect to that oracular vision and interpret that so that we may walk in a way that
0: is in reverence for life at the center. Mm -hmm. I'm just giving a moment for that to land Mm -hmm. because you know the common cultural narrative today is that the womb is a burden Mm. and that the womb is a place of difficulty and so to bring in the counterpoint to that, that the womb is this place of reverence for the whole community and a place of oracular nature and ancestral remembrance just feels so much more whole in my body. And I imagine it would feel that way for the listeners as well.
1: Yeah. And and just to speak to that for one moment, because I'm definitely not discounting the pain body of our collective womb. But why I like to share that medicine is like everywhere you look, the narrative is pain and trauma and healing. And if we're not having discussions, like real life discussions with the women in our communities about what we're actually attempting to heal towards, we can find ourselves in this perpetual cycle of healing Mm. where it's never enough, we're never healed enough. Like we certainly see that so much in, well, really everywhere right now. And if we aren't having conversations around like what we're actually walking towards, which is so much more than healing, it's thriving then there isn't really a barometer of, oh, like that's that's the, the potentiality and the seeds planted of what is possible for me in my body. And it took me a really long time to be able to speak to how much joy and reverence I hold in my body because it's less relatable. Mm. People wanna hear the deep, dark stories of our pain. Mm. And there's a relatability to it because we've been living multi-generationally within that story. But if we never hear the other side, you know, I, 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 sense this a lot as a birth worker. I've been a birth worker for about eight years now. And, you know, the stories where women suffered incredibly throughout their birth were so held in birth circles, mm. so held. But the moment that a woman described the ecstatic, orgasmic, connected, sovereign nature of her birth, it was like crickets like the intimacy and the vulnerability and the way that women could relate to one another really turned down because there was this barrier of shame. Right. And and it was challenging to turn towards a woman that was experiencing such reverence without creating a comparison around where we are in this moment. And I just want to name that because the pain body of our wombs is real. And, in many ways the ways in which we're experiencing you know fertility and the struggles around that conversation you know the pain that we're experiencing within the physiology of our menstruation um you know the challenges that we're experiencing within endometriosis and fibroids and PCOS like we could go on and on and on again if we can bring that into it being such a direct mirror to the village to humanity to the earth that these these things that we're experiencing within our wombs they're not meant to punish us or to be a betrayal to us they are a very loud and real signal to what we're experiencing on a collective level and when we can begin to tend to the womb as the center of humanity everything else is also tended to and so the service that I speak to is to bring women into a very real recognition that your pain is real, what you're experiencing in your body is real. You can be held and honor and acknowledged and validated in the very real nature of what you're experiencing. And we can tend to it in this very multidimensional way that allows you to feel whole as you're journeying through it rather than waiting for your wholeness to be validated and loved when you're on the other
0: side. Yes, yes. I completely agree that the the wholeness can be experienced in the reclamation process. So one thing that I have noticed just in my own body of work of cervical wellness and what I personally experienced in My cervical healing journey was the sense of wholeness come online almost immediately upon hearing the voice of my womb, the Mm -hmm. voice of my cervix. It was like once I awakened to this place within my body, even though there was pain, even though there was still... Uh, like an underlying sense of disconnection, just the consciousness coming online from within me, uh, just that initial experience led me to feel so much more whole. It led me to have like a, a Pandora's box of remembrance happen within an instant I was like suddenly this place within me was communicating with me and was guiding me and sharing with me deep truths about my body that, I didn't even have any idea about. And so just echoing what you were sharing, Jasmine, that the sense of wholeness can even can occur even through the painful, hard parts in remembering that our body is here for us, that our womb is here for us Mm -hmm. and loves us. And um, leaning into that relationship is what brought me wholeness, is Mm -hmm. what has brought my clients wholeness. And I imagine is um, something you've noticed as well. And actually kind of stemming from that, I would love to hear you speak about the voice of the womb. Hmm. Um, and how you experienced that or how you've noticed other women experience that.
1: Totally. Voice of the womb. You know, I'm always really mindful of the way that these these phrases can sound so far away. Like language is so important to me. And I remember hearing voice of the womb and being like, damn, I have no idea what this person is talking about. Like I can barely hear like my heart or like when people say like, you know, just listen to your heart, listen to your gut. Like that's how dissociated I was from that inner compass, that inner guidance. I lived most of my life really looking to the people outside of me as a barometer of, you know, how good I was or, you know, the decisions that I should make, whether they were right or wrong, or, you know, there, there was a very deep, orientation to the outside world. And I know I'm not alone in that, you know, especially walking this life as a woman. Um, I can really sense and feel the ways in which I was groomed from a very young age to listen to voices outside of my body. One of the most like baseline examples is when you are enrolled in school and all of a sudden you have to ask to go to the bathroom and the answer is no. And then you have to wait and you have to hold your pee and, you know, through that experience it can sound a little bit funny and how micro it is in a grand scheme of things but it really does set us up for the macro these small seemingly insignificant moments where we've been guided away from the autonomous nature of our body and we are groomed to ask permission outside of us and so the volume of the voice of the womb or cervix or heart begins to turn down because we are in those early developmental years and it's being, you know, kind of siphoned out of us. And so it can take a minute, it can take many, many moons to be able to say, What do I need to forget in order to remember? What is asking to be forgotten? that is not in service to my autonomy, to my sovereignty, to my free will, to the sort of truth that lives so so deep in the well of my heart? How do I begin to actively participate with a voice that might feel even silent or a whisper so that I can start to feel this sense of certainty within myself and trust within myself? And so the way that I describe the voice of the womb is The voice of the womb is the voice that will turn us towards ourselves. It is not the pretty voice. It is not the patient voice. It is not the convenient voice, which is why it can be so easy for our cognitive brains to override this voice, because in a world that continues to orient us towards being safe, this voice in many ways is rebellious and quite risky. And in a journey of rewilding, in a journey of repatterning what it meant to be rebellious, because yes, as I mentioned, my rebellion and my wildness was usually paired with drugs and alcohol and sex and, you know, that form of expression. When the voice of my womb started to come online, um, it became a different expression of my rebellion, really. Like it it was like this, oh, whoa, I can be rebellious without being harmful to myself. I can be rebellious without being numb. I can be rebellious with, with my sobriety and feeling every single thing within myself. My rebellion became this expression of the voice in my womb. And so- very quickly, um, it became something I could trust because it continued to show me again and again and again where I was becoming the woman I was always meant to be. So, you know, one of the small examples was being in a doctor's office and starting to get really clear with, no, I didn't want to have conversations of a hysterectomy at 27 years old no i didn't want to have conversations of taking hormonal com- contraceptive when my plan was conception and starting to be really clear with my care practitioners around my intentions for the appointment because i was hiring my practitioners and this was my body and my pace and the ways that i had agreements around how i was going to be touched and spoken to and interacted with and That voice asked me to walk out on care practitioners that I knew couldn't meet me. That voice asked me to say no around penetration when in the past I had said yes. That voice has guided me into sobriety and into being incredibly integral and having a barometer for the way in which I guardian my work and my service to the world. So I love to invite those of you that are listening to really trust that there is a voice living in your deep pelvis. And it's the voice that you've likely been hearing when you go to bed at night, when, you know, shit's starting to hit the fan or shake up in your life. And you're being asked to take a risk and to be rebellious. Ask, is this a voice that's turning me towards myself? or a voice that's asking me to turn away and the turn toward is the voice of the womb. And it's a voice that I don't want to say you can explicitly trust because I don't know what your womb voice is going to say to you. And there's very, very many different, you know, barometers of rebellion, but in the way that I've experienced it, it's the one that will be life-changing in the direction of how you're truly meant to live.
0: That is how I think of the voice of the womb as well or the voice of the cervix and I love love that you spoke to the rebellious nature because you know so many of us women as you you know shared were drained and um, <clears throat> kind of like mind controlled in a way to be good girls to listen to authority to not be in our body and our pelvic power, even as young children. And so to reclaim uh, th- these parts of ourselves is inherently rebellious, is inherently going against what the status quo has wanted of of us as girls and women for centuries. And I know for many of my clients, that rebellious nature can feel really scary at times. It's like, oh my gosh, people can get mad at me. What is this going to do to my relationships? Like, how can I feel safe in doing this? But as you shared, you know, I mean, you didn't use this word, but what I heard is that it takes courage. It takes courage to listen to the voice of the womb, to the voice of our cervix, to the voice of our female body. And, um, you know, from your perspective, Jasmine, why do you believe women are so disconnected these mm-hmm. days? Like, what yeah. what happened?
1: What happened? What <laughs> That's such a F big
0: question.
1: Happened, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are so many ways that this could be spoken to, and one of the things that I really don't love to bring in through the context that that I know most of us speak to it in is the big bad patriarchy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I want to remind us that we have matriarchy and we have patriarchy. And what we've been experiencing as a collective is not the patriarchy. It is the wounded patriarchy through colonial construct. Because hallelujah, bless the men. You will never hear me slating men. Bless the men. They are going through, bless the men. They are going through a huge time right now. And it's really important for us to to speak on that because you know when we start to come into contact with our wombs again they are also re-orbiting around the things that they've been indoctrinated to believe and the ways in which we've actually upheld that indoctrination by not following the voice of our womb and holding true guardianship around our own bodies so A lot of the ways that I hear this conversation talked about is in reference to the patriarchy. And so I just want to preface with that because the patriarchy, when it is in its true expression, is beautiful. It is in service to life alongside us. It is in providership and guardianship and protection and honor. But that's not what we've been experiencing. We've been experiencing the wounded expression of the patriarchy through colonial construct. And this has been a long history of, you know, many, many cross-cultural things that happened in the suppression and oppression of women feeling in connection to their bodies, to the spiritual ways that they tended to plants and midwifery, um, you know, I can really only speak to, to Celtic, Celtic origin and the ways in which my lineage, you know, was really suppressed and oppressed from the ways of herbalism and midwifery and land-based connection, seasonal connection, earth-based connection. It's really a multi-dimensional fracture in humanity that we've experienced on a grand scale. So if we go back to this concept of what the womb really represents and orients us around, it's really challenging for a culture that is upholding our blood, our fertility, uh, sexuality, sensuality, um, true tending and guardianship to the earth and connection to the heavens and the cosmos. It's very disrupting to a culture that wants to keep us tidy, tame and quiet, right? to continue to allow us to uphold this benevolent relationship with the center of humanity it's like one thing had to erode and i don't want to point fingers as to where exactly that happened but i do know that if we continue to blame it on the men we're not going to in any way, shape or form experience the true healing that we have the potential to touch down on in this generation. So there are many constructs and systems through colonial structure that were at play where power and the blood of war overrode the blood of woman and the sacred connection between our blood and the earth. And through that fracture, through that severance, we experienced a cataclysmic grief in humanity that we didn't have the tools or the um, eldership or the opportunity to be held through. And that grief continued to develop and erode generation by generation by generation and i am not of the belief that everything was taken from us i want to be really mindful of how i share this so just give me a moment I can feel the tears <laughs> I can feel the tears i truly believe that our great 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 grandmothers if we want to extend as far back as we can to the grandmothers that remembered that they knew what was coming and that rather than us feeling like we've been stripped from our power rather than feeling like we are victimized by our wombs and by our lineage that just for a moment with me we could imagine that these great 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 grandmothers in the prophetic oracular nature of their womb could vision and see the tides changing and the blood of war taking over the blood of woman. And they knew, they knew the prayer that they were going to speak and have spoken into their wombs and into the earth and that they were going to take this ancient reverence and place it within our bones and within our blood because the red thread carries on. And that somewhere within the lineage, the woman would wake up. Somewhere within the lineage there would be enough capacity and courage and reverence and rebellion that these women could feel the red thread originating from that reference point of ancient reverence and they would break free. They would reach deep down into the tenderness of their hearts and feel the grief and feel the pain and feel the rage that there wasn't capacity to fully feel. And through that, we would access the liberation of what our great, 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 great grandmothers tucked away within our wombs, within our blood, and we would remember. And that time is now. That time is now. Women, it is time to come home for not only us, but for the men so they can remember that they also lived within the living altar of a woman's womb. And for the children and the legacy
0: of our earth, it is time. It's been so amazing to walk this journey with you, Jasmine, for so many mm. years, because and maybe you can um, also relate to this, but you know, having been in the online sphere now for upwards of seven years, I feel like I have witnessed this swelling, this like upwelling of women remembering, you know, there was seven, eight years ago, there weren't that many women speaking about womb wisdom or reproductive women's reproductive wellbeing. Like, I remember feeling so afraid to start to talk about the cervix because like nobody <laughs> talked about the cervix and here we are in 2023 and just like the ripple effect of this, I see it as like a, a revolution of great remembering, a great remembrance that's happening within the women uh, occurring. And it's, um, it's really an incredible sight to behold, you know, just yeah. how many women are remembering this. And I, as you're speaking, I had like full body chills. Yeah.
1: I can feel my my solar plexus shaking, right? Because it's like, you know, I felt that too. You know, you and I kind of came in at the same time. I started sharing my story when I was bleeding for that year. Nobody was talking about blood. Like mm. nobody. I mean, it was so, but I came in with a lot of fight. Mm. Like I was like roaring blood all over my face, like seeing me, I will be seen, I, I will be expressed. There was just this like incredible fight. And, and I see that in a lot of the women that I work with. And there's certainly this, like, you know, we that breaking free that we spoke of, but in this moment, and I know I feel it in you too, because we've had many conversations, there's just this, this softening. Right, this like softening of like, okay, cool. You know, we're going through our own wheel. Uh, you know, the wheel is is turning, and now we're being asked to get a little bit more quiet, and and really to embrace the softness that our our ancestors didn't have the ability to fully claim either right? I know that one of the the prayers of my ancestors was joy and softness and rapture and pleasure and being and simplicity. But it takes a minute for us to, you know, that initial charge and that, that initial fight that we feel that also didn't get to be felt within the women of our lineage. And so I just want to speak to that because wherever you are within the wheel of your own remembrance, Just remembering, you know, you are the living embodied prayer of your grandmothers. And so just as much as we want to give and pay homage to, you know, all of the sacred rage dances and like roaring around on the ground and being fully expressed in that way, like take some time to just be, Hmm. to just be like, you know, vulva on the earth and and just like plug yourself back in because we're we're here for the long ride right we're here for the lifelong so there's no rush
0: and this is a perfect segue because i want to the next thing i want to ask you about is this um practice that you guide women to do which is very much about softening into our body and reconnecting in a slow, gentle, loving way. And uh, you title it The Rooted Method, which I love, Mm -hmm. (laughs) love it so much. Um, And I I would love to invite you to speak about what The Rooted Method is and specifically uh, about how it differs from other pelvic embodiment work that is out there, such as using a crystal wand or jade egg or, um, yeah. you know, this focus on orgasm and yeah, pleasure, this sort of work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is so big, right? <laughs> this is so big. Just naming it because you know the rooted method was really created it was it was originally called the embodied womb experience and i really wanted through you know the lineage of um learning and and teaching that i've had the opportunity to experience um through holistic pelvic care and certainly through Um, birth work and and really witnessing, you know, what happens when we have the opportunity to experience our hands on our own body. So often we are guided and and in many ways directed because it is a little bit firmer than guidance to continuously seek practitioners, right? And there is absolutely 1000% a reason for us to be held by another woman right like let's just get that straight right now like we're never we were never meant to to walk this journey alone and to be within the four walls of our home and to never experience what it's like to truly be held through the level of our um of our pelvis and our breasts and and our bodies in a way that's not looking for or seeking diagnosis or something wrong just through pure love and honor and reverence it is so healing and what I have experienced within my own journey is the recognition that our hands, extensions of our heart, are a prayer. Our hands are a tangible, real life prayer to our bodies. And we cannot expect other people to be building intimate connections with and, you know, solely being held responsible for our healing, there must be a collaborative component. And the invitation for us to return our hands back to our bodies is a living, tangible prayer. And so the rooted method was really created as as a weaving of many different modalities that I had experienced within my own body and had trained with that I wanted to bring together for more opportunities for wholeness. Because what I know to be true in working with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women by now um, is that we all have our own orientation to where we can actually enter into the healing path, especially as it relates to our vulva, and our pussy, and our womb, and our breasts. Not everybody is going to feel like they have, you know, this gung-ho, familiar way of connecting right away. And there's a reason for that. One, we have experienced things that have closed us down and asked us to go into protection mode. Super valid, right? This could be from people This could be from practitioners, there can be a wide variety of reasons why touching and feeling and gazing at our bodies is not something that we can do right away. And I want you to know that that's okay. I want you to know that there are so many layers to us actually reconnecting And so the rooted method was created to provide a five point template of connection for you to kind of choose your adventure, but be held and contained as we come home to the deeper layers. And so the five points of contact are breath, sound, movement, touch, and presence. And those five kind of keys if you will have different levels of accessibility depending on who we are in our bodies. So if you're not somebody that can, you know, go right down and touch your vulva for whatever reason, that doesn't need to be shameful. That doesn't need to mean anything about you or where you're at on your journey. You can choose a different way of connection. And so maybe you breathe, right? you bring your breath down. Maybe you make a sound from your labias. Maybe you're like, I got to roll my pelvis and just move my body a little bit. So we're combining many different points of contact to create connection. And the rooted method really walks a path of descent. So we begin breathing and connecting, sounding from our jaw, descending down into our breasts and our beating heart, starting to get familiar with touch and the availability of what is here for us, descending down into our belly, and then descending down, right? We're not rushing down. This is such a pattern that we are working through as women. Extraction and out of integrity with true pace, These two things create so much dissociation and disconnection with our female physiology when we are not honoring our pace and when we are extracting from our bodies. So one of the reasons why having our hands touch our bodies is so important is because so many of us are experiencing numbness and so many of us are experiencing disassociation and this is very real again going back to the to the very beginning this is why it is such a great great grand responsibility to be connecting in this way this is not fluffy work This is not fluffy tending. Like we are going into the belly of the beast for most women into a space that's been really, really challenging to connect to, or we've shared it in a way that hasn't been in true honor. So, returning to the guardianship, it's a big deal. And when we're working with things like crystal wands and we're bringing them into our body and we're experiencing numbness, That can be really challenging for our nervous system to handle because there's no point of contact that can experience sensation. If we're experiencing intravaginal or cervical numbness and we bring something like a yoni wand, a crystal wand that isn't an extension of touch, that isn't an extension of like tactile human connection, Again, it can be really disorienting to have no point of reference of sensation. And in many ways, right, that was never really the way to connect into the deep pelvis. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. Let's just like throw that out the window. I'm saying that there is a true and a not true for our bodies. So maybe you're somebody that, gets to that place. And I applaud you, bravo. That's not what I teach or how I hold because I know how deeply our bodies, particularly our pussies, are craving for tactile human touch because that is the extension of our heart. And so the rooted method is really a guide point a guardianship, a claiming of the guardianship of our own touch, our own gaze, our own breath as a living prayer and testament to our bodies of I am here. You are held. It is safe to let go and you don't need to do it all right away because we are holding space for the true pace Of the body. We are not entering in and penetrating until we have true invitation. We are slowing down. And one of the things that I like to guide is that when we're, one of the first things I say every time, for those of you that have journeyed with me and those of you that haven't is the most beautiful way that you can honor me, which is really honoring you is to rebel against my voice rebel against my guidance, my pace, my instruction, and begin to turn up the volume on the voice of your womb and the voice of your pussy. Because when we say yes, when we really mean no, we hold that tension pattern within our bodies. We begin to hold that protection of, oh, she's still not listening. I'm gonna get really tight and tense and do everything I can you know, to not be penetrated in the way that I'm not ready for, right? We start to hold that pattern, but the moment that you choose to rebel and that you actually choose to be a voice or an action for your body, that's out of what you're being guided into the body goes, ah, she's here. She's listening. And so rooted is just that. We are guiding you into what it means to re-tether to the roots of your womanhood and to find the anchor of your true expression and pace beyond extractive relationship to pleasure. It's not a pleasure practice. It's a practice of presence and connection. And my goddess, we need more opportunities to just be present with our bodies without needing to get something out of it. And that's what rooted it is.
0: Hmm. And what have you noticed happens to women within women mm-hmm. as they begin to touch and be with their bodies in this way? Because, I mean, I can say what I've witnessed, but yeah. I want to hear what you've noticed.
1: Yeah. You know what's really coming up for me outside of the physiological miracles that I experience every day which is just like hallelujah you know I've had women come into my spaces either within you know my my mentorships or my memberships or any of my programs that are like I'm experiencing a 12 out of 10 menstrual pain. I have to take, you know, a concoction of pain medication and sleeping medication and take an entire week off work. I'm on the list to receive a hysterectomy. This is my last place. Again, great responsibility. This is not a time to fluff or F around. This is a true woman sitting in front of you feeling deep, 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 real pain. Honor her, validate her, acknowledge her. This is real. I see you. I love you. And I've witnessed those women come in, not all women, because this isn't, you know, some sort of, um, elusive, illusionary magic container where, you know, every person that comes in heals to the, to the 12th degree. And sometimes it does happen. And again, we need to hear those stories that they're able to find their pain threshold come down to about a six. Again, this isn't a miracle. It, It doesn't go all the way, but they have capacity to live in their lives again. And this is from, I think, a multidimensional experience, one, no longer feeling the fear or the severance from the spirited connection with our bodies, having somebody be a guardian and a guide that can hold the torch with integrity and impeccability um, to say, yeah, there's pain that lives here. Like, let's hold space for it in its true capacity. And the hands-on, bringing hands to our bodies increases blood flow, mobility, right? We actually start to call new yet old ancient templates of vitality and radiance back into the tissues that are holding the physiological uterus and womb. Um, So miracles happen, to whatever degree we express them but i think one of the things that i want to you know bring in and that's what came up first in my heart is the indirect ways that i witness this impacting women's lives so expression of voice right taking up space and having boundaries in relationship starting to get really really clear around you know their barometer or the standard of how people interact with them in their lives, their relationship to the earth opening up um, you know more sensation coming online, meaning more feelings coming online right It's not all pretty but it is a miracle to feel when we've been in a state of state of numbness for a really long time. and so I could share with you hundreds if not thousands of ways that I've witnessed women come alive. And I bow to these women because it is so courageous in a world that continuously asks us and demands us to outsource and you know, to choose ways of interacting with the world that disconnect us further, but give us that like really quick, fast foody hit of life. And then it, it dwindles away. There's a sustainability to the life force in women that I experience day in and day out, that they they access the roots mm. to gather the courage to really be in their lives. And I think that that's one of the most phenomenal things that I experience when I witness women in Rooted.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and for the women who are listening to this and they like really want this, and, you know, their heart and their womb is like, yes, this is exactly what I've been telling you, (laughs) but maybe there's a little bit of sense of overwhelm and like how to even begin to approach this. Um, I mean, yes, we'll talk about your offerings here in a, in a, in a moment, but like, do you have any suggestions for the women who are feeling that call to Mm -hmm. connect in this way? Um, like how to approach this sort of opening, how to, step forward towards establishing that sort of relationship with themselves.
1: Totally. And again, this is so important. And one of the reasons why I love sitting with you, Danelle, is because there's such an attunement to the bigness of what we're really walking towards. I mean, it's not lost to me, although I'm many, many years into my journey and I have found an incredible amount of regenerative life force in my pelvis and in my body This is not linear. And so I don't know about you, but certainly for me, like I can reach my arm out and still touch the parts of me that were really, really fearful of my own body. It's not far away. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, damn, I want to feel connected. And, you know, I experience menstrual pain every month. And wow, I'm feeling so validated in that. And now I'm, you know, experiencing this remembrance come online that, right, I'm meant to be a, a vital, thriving woman. Okay, cool. How do I get there? You know, this path is actually quite simple. And there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there these days. And I'm not really a smoke and mirrors kind of gal. Um, This path is really simple. Devotion is the hardest part. We can't expect to continue to fast food our relationships with our bodies and be satiated the way that we can feel in gourmet. We just can't. So, you know, it's challenging in the context of a podcast to be like these are the three ways that every woman can connect to her womb because again that it still feels like an extractive fast foody way of relating and so instead of providing the easy ways or the tricks or the hacks or the tips which is how we usually interact with information especially on social media i want to guide you into simplicity And to remind you the power and the potency of simple ways of connecting to your body and having a devoted containment of them. So, if for three minutes, the length of one song every single day, you bring your hands somewhere on your body, I'm not talking it has to be your genitalia, I'm not talking it has to be your breasts, bringing your hands somewhere on your body, preferably skin to skin for one song, having the containment of that song to hold you so you don't need to be a timekeeper, you can just be. And just breathe with your hands in that place and feel the tactile sensation of your skin touching hands and hands touching skin. And just breathing and being in the remembrance of, oh yeah, I know how to hold my body. My hands know how to be with my body. My touch is safe. Start to familiarize yourself with that tactile awareness between you and your body. Simplify it and do it often. And I really invite you to to lean into the courageous aspects of your heart to notice, okay, am I kind of just like lingering in, you know, hands on arms? Because there's been a lot of opportunity for me to remember I need to be protected. And to come into like that voice of womb or the courage of your heart and to surprise yourself with where you allow your hands to land. Maybe they move throughout the song, but just to make contact and to see what happens when you begin to reestablish that tactile touch between you and your body. And, you know, I'd love to just, just to bring it to that simplicity because, I believe that each woman like I said I don't find myself to be, you know, particularly special. I believe that we all have this opportunity when given the right environment and guidance and guardianship and love to surprise yourself with how familiar you can become and to let your hands be this dance. Um and then to share it with somebody that can actually hold the truth and, and the magnitude of what that really means for your womanhood and just to see what comes alive.
0: Thank you for sharing that very simple, practical, but powerful practice. I I know with certainty just in my own life and my own experience with my body that touching our bodies in with attention and with devotion every day. And I love your invitation to explore the parts of our body that perhaps we um, steer away from, like not necessarily Mm -hmm. just genitalia. I was actually initially thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, like my thighs, like maybe where there's like a little cellulite or something. Um, That's where I'm maybe inspired to do this practice next. Thank you so much for, for sharing that Jasmine. Wow. I am. I feel like I could sit and listen to you for (laughs) like six hours, (laughs) but you know, to bring us to a close here, I'd love for you to share where the listeners can find you and any offerings that you would like to um, speak to. Because clearly, as we've all been listening, you are a just wealth of deep Mm -hmm. devotional wisdom and like potency that uh, is very, very special.
1: Mm, Thank you. Thank you so much, Danelle. Yeah. So I love connecting with communities. So regardless of if you're listening to this and you want to engage in an offering or you're just like, Hey, this is a woman that I can connect with. Please reach out. Community is such a cornerstone of, you know, the reciprocity of why, why we do this. And so Instagram is a great way to stay connected. My handle is humble, wild wellness, and we are humble and we are wild and we are well in that space. I have a membership space called the Rooted Membership, and that space is so beautiful. Women all over the world, we engage in two two two-hour practices every month in body prayer. So just as we were speaking to connection to our bodies, um, following the Rooted Method, and so wherever you are in your path, there is a pathway for you within that space and a great place to begin exploring this within community. I also offer mentorship. So if you have something really specific, um, something that is feeling really private and it's desiring more of that reverent, validating, honoring, acknowledgement with some very, you know, specified ways that we can support both your physiology and the multidimensional aspect of your womanhood, that is a great place to explore. Um, but beyond that, you know, come say hi. Come say, hey, send me a DM. Let me know how this you know, moved you or any curiosities that bubbled up. And let's keep this conversation alive because that's really where we allow that village thread to weave a little bit deeper. And the vow that I spoke so many moons ago of I will never turn away. We will not be walking alone any longer. And so I'm so grateful for women like you, Danelle, that I know also uphold that really beautiful root of, yeah, we're walking together now.
0: Thank you so much, Jasmine. It's such a blessing to have you walking by my side on this path. And Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing your voice and your magic. I'm just going to say it magic Mm -hmm. on the cervical wellness podcast. And for everybody listening, I will be linking to everything Jasmine mentioned below. And with that, I hope everybody has a good day. Have a good afternoon evening morning friends talk to you soon bye everyone bye thank you so much for joining us today friends if you want more cervical wellness information and content check out my website cervicalwellness.com or give us a follow over on instagram at cervical wellness please share this episode if it felt right and true for you and until next time friends remember we've got this